This episode of the Snowman Podcast is brought to you by CKX Gear. CKX, maker of the Titan helmet and the Mission helmet. Here's a quick word about the new Mission helmet. The Mission helmet is equipped with an integrated air management system exclusive to CKX helmets. This unique technology allows you to decrease the risk of condensation by evacuating moist air to the outside of the helmet. Under certain weather conditions, the breath deflector will ensure proper operation. The crucial purpose of this component is to isolate the nose and mouth area so that moist air can be confined. To achieve this, it must be well positioned and rest tightly and comfortably over the entire perfect adjustment you'll be able once on the trail to fully enjoy all the benefits of the mission and the AMS technology. To learn more about the Mission Helmet, please go to ckxgear.com or visit our YouTube channel. The CKX team wishes you a wonderful season. Welcome back to Snowbank Podcast. This is your host, Gordon Van. And today we're talking with Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt is a uh, team owner for Snowcross Team and also some, uh, a team owner for uh, some uh, car racing teams. Um, we're going to talk to Mike and uh, we're going to talk about his racing, uh, his current racing status and also his past. He's, uh, he was also a prominent uh, drag racer, uh, snowmobile drag racer in his day. So, how you doing, Mike? Very good, Gordon. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Okay, um, so let's talk about your uh, the uh, the LOR race team. Um, talk about uh, you know your your involvement in that and how many years you've been involved in uh, in that uh, snowcross racing, and, um, and you know and, uh, how many racers have you got on the team? Uh, currently, we have um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have seven racers this year. Um, the team started back in, uh, when the CS race started, actually, back in, I believe it was 94. Um, I received a call from Steve Brand at the time, who was involved with Skidoo. And, of course, at that time, I was drag racing. And um, he asked if I was interested in uh, popping into the event and meeting a guy by the name of Rick Wilson and see if I'd be interested in helping him out as far as uh, making the sled go fast. And um, I showed up at Bluestone and met Rick and raced that weekend. Had an absolute blast. I think we won. I believe we won, and uh, been hooked ever since. Nice, nice. So, um, so currently, how many uh, how many races have you got on your team? Yeah, at the moment, uh, I've looked at uh, we're looking at got two pro riders. Uh, one one is uh, Scott Vanderborn. The other one is Blake Taylor. Uh, we have two pro light riders, uh, Taylor Stewart and Dallas Rock Robertson. And two sport riders, uh, Trevor Somerville and Patrick Fenton. And uh, we also have a junior and junior novice rider, uh, Creighton Dillon. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, you've got a couple of new additions this year with Patrick and, uh, and Creighton. Yes, yes, uh, great additions. Um, both Creighton and Patrick, uh, great people, been racing a long time. And uh, Creighton, I actually helped uh, way back when he started on a 120. Uh, we worked with them uh, back then, and um, it's kind of fun that we've gone full circle and he's back under our umbrella, and uh, it's been uh, super so far. Nice. So how many sleds does this involve? I've I seen some photos of your race shop, and it looks like it's like uh, filled uh, all four walls uh, with race sleds. How many sleds have you got? 
this year we're uh, looking after maintaining 11. 11 sleds. Is that is that a big challenge? I mean, back in my day, I had I had a challenge prepping one sled uh, for the year. You, you've got 11 sleds. You know, uh, you you've got some help, obviously, uh, or do you do all the work yourself? No, no. It's uh, first of all, of course, it is. It's a ton of work. Um, you know, just preparing sleds uh, from out of the crate to race ready, or you know, a minimum 30, 35 hours for a sled, and. Uh, Obviously, we do all the maintenance in between all the races as well, and um, that occupies a lot of time. But uh, I've had a few employees that I've had for over 25 years. They've uh, been with me that long. Um, we've educated them and, and uh, taught them everything we need to know on snowmobiles. So I got, I got two, three, four guys in my shop here that uh, we can jump on these things when we need to. So it's, it's usually hectic at the uh, end of fall because uh, we're still working outside and whatnot, but uh, getting ready for Duluth is always a challenge. But once we get into the winter, we slow down, you know, that we're in the pool of business. Um, it gives us the, the time to probably look after this stuff. Yeah. So uh, approximately, what, what, what's all the involvement of, uh, of prepping uh, a race led for the first race, uh, minus, uh, kind of minus the decals and stuff like that? But uh, what kind of prep do you do? Do you tear them right down to the frame and, and uh, check everything over and... Uh, do some reinforcements, add, add, add the aftermarkets, I guess. What's all involved? Yeah. It's, um, well, it's not near as much. Uh, it, the same amount of time maybe is allotted to it, but it's not certainly not like it was in the past uh, as far as the slides have come so far at this point. Um, obviously, getting them unpacked, yes, we strip them down, take the suspensions out, remove all the hoods and the plastics, and basically um, we have to, basically the motors... We've, they've been very, very good lately. So we've, that's one area that we used to have to address and pull them down and have a look. But uh, they come up in the factory pretty damn good now. So now it's just uh, it's a matter of removing, say, everything. Uh, we go through the whole sled. It's, you know, as far as calibrating clutches, uh, exchange case. Uh, we pull all the shocks, pull them apart, redo them before we race. Uh, we have to stud the sled. We have to add all the necessary safety equipment that's required nowadays um we it's setting the limiters setting everything up basically it's like almost ripped minus the motor mm -hmm. so we just got your hands on everything make sure there's no issues with the factory very rarely do we find stuff nowadays but because of these guys and they're jumping, you know, as far as they are and up in the air. We kind of got you. Know, we have to look after them, make sure that there's no issues. Don't want to have any injuries. Don't want to be a cause of an injury. So we go through basically the whole sled, yeah. reassemble it, and um, yeah, front to back. Nice. Um, okay. So, um, what classes are you uh, are you running in, and uh, who's who's riding those classes this year? Kind of a breakdown of your team. Yeah, as I said, we have uh, we got two pro riders, uh, Scott Vanderborn and Blake Taylor. Um, and then uh, in pro light, we have uh, Taylor Stewart and Dallas Gruff Robertson. Uh, also racing in the sport with uh, Trevor Somerville and Patrick Fenton. And then Creighton Dillon is running the junior and uh, junior novice, 9 to 13. Mm -hmm. And in the CSRA, he'll probably be bumping up into the junior classes uh, when we're racing in the CSRA. Nice, nice. Um, okay, so you you got all your you got all your your sleds prepped, and um, you had a, a small team of uh, of your riders go out to Duluth. How'd that go? Uh, fairly well. Um, 
good bat. Uh, we sent out uh, it was um, you know, Scott Vanderborn went out and Dallas Ruff Robertson and Crazy Dillon and Taylor Stewart. Um, Scott uh, was uh, not so lucky. He got into one practice um, before the event was canceled. But, um, so he <laughs> he went a long way just to get a couple of runs from the track, but it is what it is. Um, Dallas Ruff Robertson, he actually qualified for the sport final, which was great. Um, I think there was over 60 riders, so that was wonderful. Uh, Taylor Stewart missed the final by, I think, two positions. Um, and again, obviously, the best of the best was Duluth. So yeah. I think he was um, I think he was 17th overall. Mm. Oh, there's like 60 riders, so that was good. Um, the highlight was Brayden um, Dillon. He actually uh, won both of his heats in junior and junior novice. Uh, number one qualifier, put down the fastest laps, and the event was canceled uh, like 15 minutes before his finals. Wow. So it, was a, it was a big bummer that way, but uh, who would know that, you know, he could get almost three feet of snow overnight. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's pretty funny that uh, snowcross race could be canceled because of lack of snow, or sorry, too much snow. But, um, like, it was unbelievable. There was, nobody could get out of the parking lots of the hotels. Nobody could move in the pit. It was, they had no choice. It was an uh, absolute shame for I sock all the racers that went that far, all the sponsors, the you know, the hill. Everybody took a hit on that one. There wasn't much we could do. It took them um, even Sunday morning to get out of the pits. It was after three o'clock on Sunday afternoon, and uh, it was a it was a terrible drive home. It was uh, it was a whole bunch of effort to get ready for everybody, and um, which is an absolute shame. But they, they had no choice. It yeah. Was, uh, you know, once in a 50-year snowstorm, and it shut it down. So, uh, being as uh, he had the makeup race in Fargo um, a couple weeks later, uh, the only one of my riders that went back out was uh, was Creighton, and um, he had a solid weekend. Uh, I think his worst qualifying was like a fifth, and uh, was actually able to put it on top of the box in the, the novice ninth, thirteen category which was uh absolutely awesome that's um you know big highlight big uh, we all know how that's not an easy task to get on the top of the box in any category for sure yeah in uh, yeah, that race series so um absolutely pumped on that one that was that was a great way to start the season yeah so the, the junior class what's involved in that what uh, what kind of uh uh, set up do you do for i mean these are full size sleds um what do you have to do to kind of uh detune them prep them for like a, a, a junior rider what, what kind of uh, involvement is that uh it's a lot more than most would think um the only good thing is that they are on full-size sleds i think that was a real great uh, move that all the series made as far as uh getting on these full-size sleds because uh it opens up a door for where all the pro riders and whatnot when they're done with their sleds there's a there's a place to sell them so i think it's great that they're on a full-size sled getting used to that really you know, early in their career. Um, but it is, it is probably more work than getting ready for a pro race. Right. <laughs> a pro race, believe it or not. Uh, there's some things that are better. It's like Skidoo is uh, lucky enough on their computer. They supply us with a, a desk key that uh, limits the top RPM because in um, the junior novice, uh, 9 to 13, you have uh, a maximum uh, clutch engagement of 3,500. 
and it has to have a maximum RPM of 6,000. <laughs> so it's a pretty small window there that you have to work with uh, as far as power and clutching and whatnot. So obviously the clutching has to be drastically changed. Um, earrings change. There are a lot lighter riders, so all the shocks have to be revalved and lighter springs put in. Um, in the junior sled, the novice sled, you can't have studs, so you have to remove the studs. Um, ergonomically, just setting up the sled for their size. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 but it's all there to be done, so it's it's, it's good. Yeah. So, so, so you were a clutching legend back when you're when you were racing, when you were drag racing. Um, how did you did you did Skidoo provide you with some some suggestions for these uh, detuned motors, or did you uh, maybe go to a dyno and, and and do it yourself and and find your own setup? Now the manufacturers they always uh, give you a like a starting point, shall you say? And uh, obviously that's what we started with. But then we did some uh, testing, and um, luckily on um, the side of the junior novice and the smaller sleds. Uh, Matt from Race Ready Customs, uh, a good friend of the Dillon family, they were involved over the last few years in that category. And that's all he's worked on. He's never worked on a sled that's had full power and whatnot. So um, working with Matt and myself, um, we just did some testing on the track, on uh, two sleds side by side, and we found some really good gains over the, over the generic uh, setup from Skidoo. Mm-hmm. And um, and constantly working on it. We were testing again last weekend. Get ready for this weekend. Because these classes, more than anything, are imperative to get a good start. Um, all the slides are limited in speed. And down south, there's probably a good six, seven, eight riders that are all the top of their game. And um, it's uh, a lot of work goes into these uh, junior slides to you know to make them competitive. That's for sure. Yeah. Um- so, um, you, you got uh, how many riders uh, going out to the next race in Canterbury, and then you're then you're into the CSRA races. Um, who's all heading out to uh, Canterbury, and um, and then uh, you get a short, uh, you know, a, sh- a short uh, break, and then you're uh, you're you're out uh, to the first uh, Canadian race. Yep, uh, for this race out in Canterbury, we're just sending uh, Creighton. Um, he is uh, right up there in the points right now in ISOC. So we're going to stay with that program with him racing uh, the ice hockey events at this point, uh, as long as he keeps doing well. Um, I want to keep pushing him. He's, uh, I think, the, a little more competition down there, a little, few more riders in the category. We just want to keep progressing uh, crazy through the ranks. And they're coming here. They're going to be at my shop probably in about two hours uh, to get loaded up and hit the highway. So yeah. I've got about a 15-hour drive. and. And if things go well, they're actually going to probably drive all night. On His racing is on Saturday down there. They're going to drive all night and come back to Bracebridge for uh, <laughs> Sunday races in the CSRA. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I'd say Luke Dillon, he's probably just as crazy as me as far as uh, having a race problem. And uh, that's what they're going to achieve to do if everything goes well. His dad's going with them so they can share the driving task. Yep. And the attempt at this point is to get back to the CSRA race in Bracebridge. Yeah, for sure. Right now, we got all the sleds in the shop. Uh, I got a few of my riders uh, actually are down south right now in Florida, uh, riding the drip bikes in the sand, just uh, not to beat themselves up too much on the sleds. Um, and they'll be back uh, next week, which gives us a, a week to 
come some more time on the test track. Everybody dialed in, and, and the full team will be going to uh, Ottawa for the first CSR radio event. Mm-hmm. So coming back from uh, from uh, Duluth and Fargo, um, any any problems with the sleds? That uh, that I mean, you're, you're, you know, it benefits to get those uh, races in, uh, but any any problems? No. Um, so far, uh, the sled we had a super sled last year. Um, they made some changes this year that like a uh, little durability issues here and there and whatnot that uh, seem to have been solved. And uh, now very happy with, uh, I got some sleds here with uh, a couple hundred miles of uh, track time on them now and um, very impressed with the product and uh, very, very happy. Yeah. Doing a little slight tweaks. Um, you know, every time you get out, you get a little bit better. The riders are riding a little faster, so you kind of, the sleds have to progress with them as the season goes on. But uh, no, all in all, uh, very, very pleased with how things went down yeah what's the window like for uh for suspension setup for uh the the, the junior guys we'll, we'll start with uh, uh Creighton first what's the what's the suspension window for for setup um uh, you, you obviously are you using the same production shocks or are you different uh do for the junior class do you swap out a different shock um for that particular class yep no no we're uh we're lucky enough that uh to do uh, with their KYBs. They're an amazing shock, and uh, we were able to revalve them. We reuse the, the race shocks on all the junior sleds. The only difference is are the front springs. Um, obviously, we're down uh, you know, from a 200-pound spring down to like a 150-pound spring, so like all four springs in, in the sled um, are, are lighter, obviously, because I'm pretty sure Creighton's around <laughs> maybe 95 pounds or whatever, so um, the the shocks that they give us, they give us enough of an array and enough of adjustment that I can go from my lightest rider, this Graydon, right up to uh, say uh, Pro Scott Vanderborn, which is a a big guy. And um, this year, especially, Skidoo gave us an incredible shock. They uh, have the top of the line shock that uh, the Skidoo race teams have been using over the last few years. Um, we have them on the sleds this year. And uh, they're just incredible. There's no need to uh, look at the aftermarket. Um, they give us everything we need now. Yeah. So you've you've been involved with with Skidoo for since since day one since you're uh, since you're racing. Um, what what do you think of the? Uh, I mean, last year Skidoo pretty much dominated um, the the ISOC circuit, and it's it certainly looks like Skidoo's got a pretty solid sled again this year with uh, the results from uh, Duluth and uh, and Fargo. What's uh, what's your impression of the skidoo? And maybe, if, if you don't mind, um, you obviously may have some opinions on the other two uh, brands out there. What? Uh, how do you see the season going for uh, for the manufacturers? Yeah, well, you know, you go back back in time. Obviously, uh, when things all started, things were you know somewhat equal amongst them. Um, once we went to the rider forward with the rev, obviously we had a huge advantage. The other manufacturers followed suit. Um, back in, they did so well in the Rev years. When we got to the Rev XP in 08, um, was kind of a, a lean time at Skidoo uh, for, you know, I think we started up to that chassis right through to 13. And we were racing basically a consumer base sled, <laughs> and which is all right. But um, there's durability issues and whatnot where we were racing against uh, you know, players that had a little more race-ready, more race-only type of sleds. And we, we all had success. 
Well, you know, right into last year, but last year was okay. Skidoo's back. Where they um, they built a sled that we wanted. It's a very very race ready sled. Uh, we all made lists back there to the race shop of what we'd like to see. And uh, I remember last year when the sled came out, it was like, wow, like you gave us pretty near everything we've asked for. So the effort that Skidoo put in, um, you know, it's always a struggle with marketing and everything as far as how much money you put into a product. But these sleds are by far the most race-ready sled that they've ever made as far as durability. Um, the Polaris has been a strong sled over the last few years, and so has Cat. Um, it looks like their development players they they've made a few changes but i the two of them don't don't seem to be quite as um, heavy into uh continuing the process of developing uh, a race sled hopefully that changes and i already got uh, got some new owners and we got some teething times there to get that worked out and, and whatnot but uh all three sleds are still pretty competitive i i think um we do have the edge right now um but we all know the slide isn't everything. It uh, comes down to adjustments made and the person that's operating the machine. So um, couldn't be happier. Um, made a little list last year of what I'd like to have seen for this year. And Skidoo addressed everything. Um, we got an amazing race director now. Terry is uh, young and a racer. And um, the, the whole race department is the best it's been in a lot of years as far as uh, sharing information and tip sheets and communication. and So it's a it's a big group of people all working together, all out there to better better the sleds. Uh, all our teams, we find something that uh, is a little off or a little weird, we communicate and share it amongst the teams. Uh, it's just a big, great effort. And, and being a, a yellow ember guy, I uh, couldn't be happier with the how we are on the track and what we got to race right now. Yeah. So well, over, over the past, say, um, I don't know, six to 10 years, we're starting to start to see a decline in snowcross competitors. You got any views on that of, of uh, what, um, what could be happening? And uh, we, we had a major change uh, two years ago with uh, the engine rules uh, from, from open to more stock-based um, sleds. Um, you've been around for forever. Um, any ideas? Um, well, in general, I think motorsports in general is obviously lacking a little bit of appeal um, to the younger crowd because um, you know the younger crowd has you know electronics and everything. Everything has changed as far as what you can and can't do and how you amuse yourself. Um, it seems like a lot of the young people are okay with sitting on a couch in the basement and staring at a screen all day. It's, uh, it's an absolute shame, but uh, it is that way. But as far as Snowcross and the organizers, what they've done starting two years ago, and uh, I know some people are saying it was wrong or, or, or not, I, I applaud them for what they have done. Um, taking out that open sled, um, like, let's be honest, I, I've had pro open guys my whole well, as long as I've done this, and I'd be lucky to have $10,000 wrapped up in an open sled, and you're competing against some guys that had 10 times that in, a, in into a sled. Yeah. And it was really turning into a money thing. Uh, it didn't matter who you had as a rider. <clears throat> you didn't need to spend the money if you wanted to be up there. Yeah. 
So now the fact that uh, everybody's got the same thing to work with, still there's a humongous amount of things that you can change and work on to make your sled better than the next guy, but you're not going to get out dollars now. So yeah. anybody, and I think you've seen it, I think this year the CSRA is going to be probably one of the strongest pro fields we've had in a while. Um, I think that contributes to the new rule change. I think it makes for better races. I don't think anybody can state that the slides are slower. They're definitely faster than they've ever been, um, as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing with uh, the full-size sleds going down to the junior and novice ranks, as far as having spot for these race sleds to go, uh, they're very easy to sell now, um, which is, which is going to help the whole sport. Um, there's a lot of uh, Mini Z and 120 and 200 racers in the CSRA. Hopefully, the families continue to have that bug and desire. Um, I think it's a wonderful way for a family to uh, grow up together at the racetrack. Um, keeps them busy and focused on good things rather than all the bad that's out there in the world. So, there's a bit of a lull in there, but I think there's a lot of young racers that are coming up. So I, I see it getting stronger, but the, the biggest thing um, is expense. It's an expensive sport, for sure. Out. Um, but I see the CSRA this year is um, with the amount of races we're having and going to one-day events and having some some local stuff at Bracebridge for some teams. Um, you can see the effort that you know, you're trying to make it as economical as, as possible right. for for the teams to compete. Um, I hope I hope it stays strong. Um, I still think it's one of the best, you know, ways of uh, the closed course, so it's nice for fans to watch. I still think it's one of the better winter racing sports there is. And let's hope that uh, it continues to uh, to happen. Yeah. So, what you have any ideas? And maybe uh, you know, next you know, version two. What. Uh, what do you what do you like as a, as a team owner and uh, and you know overseeing the past uh, you know twenty twenty six years? Um, what about what about uh, racing sleds in particular? Do you uh, from the from the manufacturers or maybe a, a production a, a complete production sled um, that route? What do you what do you think of of, of that? Well, you know, I guess there's there's something to be said on that, but I mean. Uh... For this type of discipline of racing, it it really can't compare to anything that the recreational racer does, whether it's free rides or special trail ride or whatever. It's just what these guys are doing with these sleds and, and girls. Um, the punishment, like there's, I think there's always going to have to be a, a separation between the two. But don't get yourself, don't get wrong. Like this sled that Skidoo has right now, the things that are on this sled, the front end geometry. Um, from the lightweight materials and the hoods and um, and rear suspension designs, uh, motors, it's all going back. Like yeah. It's all still going to cycle around, and uh, I'll be damn surprised if you don't see the front end that we have on our sled, on a consumer-based sled, like, very shortly. I'd be very surprised. So there's still the, the development, what works on the racetrack, uh, as far as durability and testing, it's a good spot to do it. Um, so I'm a firm believer of that. Hopefully they continue to do that. Um, I see these race sleds now too, the, like the limited build race sleds are now being used in, in the oval application. So there's more, more use for the, the special built sled. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, I hope it continues. I would hate to have to go back to um, welding brackets and, <laughs> and adding 50, 60, 70 pounds to a sled just to get it through a race weekend. So, um, again, as long as people stay in it, I think the manufacturers uh, will support it. Um, having the TV coverage now in the CSRA, and of course they have it in the States, uh, is huge. Keeps people, uh, keeps it in front of people, and let's, uh, let's just hope it keeps going. Keeps continuing, right? Right. Um, so, um, talk, talk about your, your, your current uh, status as a, as a race manager and owner. Um, let's talk about Mike Schmidt, uh, your, uh, your era. Um, you, of course, uh, began uh, drag racing, and you're one of the, you know, one of the top uh, drag racers in uh, probably Canada and the U.S. because you did, you know, venture down in the states quite a bit. Um, what, how many years have you been involved, and uh, the, the types of racing you have uh, you have done? Well, I guess the fun racing started back in uh, mid mid late eighties, uh, just amongst my family and friends. <laughs> we uh, did a lot of racing. You know, we get across the lake fastest, blah blah blah. I seemed to do quite well at it. Um, so I think it was in 1990. I went to my first race was at Gopher Dunes with a grass drag event. Um, went to the event. Actually, we got a first and a second, and uh, immediately got hooked. So from 1990, it progressed right up to racing. You know, anywhere from five to seven sleds <laughs> at the time, right up to 2004. I raced. Um, I stopped after 2004 for a couple of reasons. At that point, my goal was always to uh, to try to beat the best. And there was an event called the Top Gun Shootout, and got in the final uh, with Craig Marchbank and beat him. I woke up the next day. And that goal that I had for all those previous years <laughs> met and was like, uh, wow, uh, what to, what to do now? So, um, in the, through that period, uh, had a great team, had a great team of guys, a lot of help, um, a major effort, obviously doing it. Got some big wins, um, through that time, won a lot of championships, uh, learned a lot about snowmobiles because I was racing anything from a 440 right up to a, a thousand, one thousand cc improver. So being on the sled and making changes and like through events, uh, it just the knowledge just got better and better and better. And, and uh, we also did a lot of speed runs in the day. But uh, back then, the sleds weren't the best real handling sleds. They, you know, they didn't. Uh, the trail network wasn't uh, there at the time. So. A lot of guys, you're playing in the field, you're racing across the lake. That's kind of what you did. Mm -hmm. So back then, for the manufacturers, it was important. It was who was the fastest. Um, I remember, like, even in 2002, I think it was, uh, we we went to the, we, we came, the, the rep came out. We got him early in the season. And that was the start with a rider forward that obviously, snowmobile trail ride is a lot more fun than something that you can, ride all day and ride the next day so the whole speed thing shifted to more comfort and handling your ride so uh, but that that year we went down to the New York State Championship uh, with the 600 rev and the 800 rev and I had an 800 improver at the point 
and that was the same year the Firecat came out, the Yamaha VMAX, and it was a big day for, for us as a team. Uh, we won stock 600, stock 800, 800 improved. And back then, the manufacturers, you know, like really cared about that stuff, but mm-hmm. did a clean sweep on what they considered the three biggest categories. So it was a, it was a big accomplishment. And again, at that point, you know, a year after that, it kind of started dwindling down instead of going to a race and racing 25, 30 guys, you're racing 10 guys and it's just the competition and everything lowered. The manufacturers kind of started getting out of that at that time. And um, so we closed that chapter and moved on. Yeah, that was, those were kind of the years, uh, you know, the, the speed years, and then they came into the handling and suspension years. And I guess the, the manufacturers kind of put the focus on, you know, where, where is the suspension going to be used? And obviously it was going to be used in cross-country racing and snowcross. And uh, things just, uh, you know, went, went from one place to another kind of thing um, as far as racing and, and budgets, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah. I remember back in, uh, like, 97, um, I got a check still in my, uh, my office uh, for $3,750 from Skidoo. For contingencies, yeah. Uh, for, for contingency for winning uh, the stock class of A, B, C, D, and F uh, for drag racing, right? Like, I mean, the, the money was being spent back then, uh, but then you go back to um, the late um, 90s and early 2000s, the manufacturers uh, were paying huge money for snowcross. Yeah. yeah, I remember many a times uh, back when we were racing with a uh, 440, 500, 600 and open and doing a clean sweep and, and leaving with contingency and CSRA money like twelve to $15,000. It was uh, the, the focus definitely shifted to to uh, Snowcross and, uh, you know, it has it has since. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Rick Wilson, uh, your rider for many years, uh, took all that money for you. <laughs> so. I had a lot of fun together, had a lot of success. Um, the guy is an Iron Man. Um, he, uh, I was actually talking to him yesterday. Yeah. And he had a, a knee and a, and a, a knee replacement. Oh. And he wants, before the end of this year, to get on the sled to see if uh, he can race next year. <laughs> That wouldn't shock me. I think. I think he's got a. He's got a. Consi- he, I mean, he 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 did one last year, didn't he? He's always done one, hasn't he? No, he didn't last year. Oh, he didn't. Okay, so he broke it before we threw him on uh, a four forty that we had, and he went into one race at Horseshoe. But last year he uh, didn't. The knees were just too far gone. But uh, he feels like a new man right now. Uh, <laughs> probably better than he has in probably the last fifteen years. So. Uh, he was just out west uh, doing some mountain riding, and um, he's uh, he still got the itch and still wants to do it. So yeah, I don't know. I think in fact, every time I uh, thought before coming on this show, I don't know if you remember, but I don't know if it was must have been maybe ninety six, ninety seven ish in there, maybe ninety, maybe ninety nine. Uh, course the cup. Yeah, I remember it was a long day of racing and being in tech with you out in that field and it must have been minus 35 or yeah that it was absolutely freezing and you and and i still went through the whole procedures on tech and uh i it just that night stuck to me like <laughs> that was a trying night yeah <laughs> only exciting because we won the fourth of the cup 
wow, was it cold? Yeah, yeah. The, those those days, it's it's awfully tough to to ask uh, you know a, a, a racer to uh, tear down or take the top end off his off his motor. Believe me, I don't want I, I don't want to do I I don't want to do it. Believe me, I never wanted to do that because it it was just as painful as me, you know, to try to do fuel fuel samples and stuff. And oh, <laughs> you had to do it. I remember when you said. Pull the top end off. Uh, I'm sure the look on my face was like, "Oh, are you, are you kidding me?" Yeah, I know. Oh <laughs> well, well, that's all part of the sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, there's some good, good, good years there, and a lot of years with uh, with uh, Rick. Uh, but um, um, so you, you've only been with Skidoo, haven't you? You've never been with any other brand, have you? No, I've never. Been, uh, I've always been with Skidoo. A couple of reasons. Obviously, I started with Skidoo. Um, Skidoo was what I learned and, you know, all my tools and knowledge on. But my uh, sister and brother-in-law obviously also own a Skidoo dealership. So that, you know, that kind of made it, uh, kind of sealed the deal that we would, uh, would stick with Skidoo. But I've never, I've, I've just, it's always been good. I've never had an issue. Always had something competitive. I got a great, great relationship with Skidoo. And um, I think it's probably one of the longest standing ones out there. Oh, for sure, yeah. And, um... I don't. I'm uh, I'm loyal, and uh, for that, uh, there's there's perks to being loyal. I've had uh, racers that have you know left the brand, gone to another brand, come back and whatnot. But no, we've been we've been on the Skidoo. Uh, I bought my first new one in '86, and been on one since. Mm-hmm. So what's uh what's uh, the what's what's the future look like for uh, for your team? Um, you, how, how many years? How many more years do you want to do this? <laughs> I honestly said to myself years ago that when I got to 25 years of the snowcross, I was going to call it. And um, then the year gets done, and then May comes, and Skidoo calls, and <laughs> everything always seems like a great idea in May, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so far away, you don't have to worry about it. But um, I don't know, there's no timeline on it. As long as I have uh, young, eager guys that want to do it, um, obviously Graydon's young, um, similar to like Blake Taylor from a novice rider up to as far as he wants to take it, as far as you, as long as you guys want to do it. Um, I think I'll be doing it. Yeah. It sure helps when they have, uh, the, the parents are also, you know, kind of helping you out too. And, uh, like, uh, you know, Pat, Patrick and, and, you know, the, and the, and the Dillons and, uh, and the Taylors, I mean, they, they've all been, they've been there since day one of through one twenties kind of thing. So it, it certainly helps. Uh, yeah, no, no, this ain't, this is far from a one man show. I got, uh, great group of guys um the whole thing with the team is is exactly that to be a team help each other um get off the sled and one guy on a lr sled does well in his heat and the next guy comes up he wants to equally do as well and it's just uh, a ton of fun great families great team members um it's always been that way if it wasn't fun i wouldn't be doing it yeah we uh we have a blast together of course uh, we love to win that's the goal, but uh, even just to watch a guy progress, you know, from where he starts to uh, as high up as he gets, uh, the accomplishment, it's it, it's all good. Yeah. It's all, uh, it's all worthy. Not everybody can win, um, but uh, we love to, and that's our, our goal when we start. But, uh, no, nah, it's just it's just a ton of fun. Yeah. So you, a lot of people may not know, but um, you don't stop all year round. You you also manage a car racing team. You're you're, you're heavily involved in the car racing. You you, you like that, and uh, I see your enthusiasm, uh, you know, through your social media. There, you you love your car racing. 
absolutely always have. Um, how the car racing started was in, actually in 2004. I was at a gathering um, with some friends and uh, a fellow that I know by the name of Brad Tullison. He decided, uh, hey, you're not drag racing yourself anymore. You must have some freed up money. Uh, <laughs> would you like to sponsor a car? And it started as uh, something very small the first year. Um, I thought, yeah, right on. I, uh, I love racing, so let's do this. Uh, at the end of that year, he, um, he had good sponsorship from some other companies, and he actually wrote his car off uh, the last race of that year. That winter, he came to me and said, hey, how would you like to be a uh, primary sponsor on the, the, the hood and the, and, the, and the quarter panel? And I have to build a new car and blah, blah, blah. And he said, uh, I said, well, what's that going to cost? <laughs> he told me I just about fell over, and then I thought for a few days, and I thought, well, for the last 15 years, I've collected sponsorship for snowmobile racing. Why can't I for uh, car racing? So I told him to go ahead, get the car done, we'll figure it out, make it work. And um, I was obviously 16 years ago, and then got the bug, and somebody approached me, hey, can you help me? And I'm a, I'm a sucker for uh, a family-run operation that, that put all their time and effort and work in to um, to make it happen on their own, and it progressed from one driver up to I think they got I think there's eight 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 or nine for this year. So it's um, yeah we're in all avenues of racing from the bottom ranks right up to the top of the food chain and oval racing in Ontario now. Got a lot of success and um, again they're uh, weekends away enjoying that they're camping there at the racetrack and. Yeah, I have a serious racing problem. Like I, <laughs> yeah, my wife. Um, she, she's the most tolerant woman in the world. Uh, even in the winter time, like any kind of racing on TV, doesn't matter what it is. You're, I'm, <laughs> I'm scanning the TV always to to, to yeah. check out racing. But uh, again, just have a ton of fun with it. I'm busy with the bill, the business. Can't get away a lot in the summertime, but I can get away on a Saturday night. Right. I get to a track. I can't really hear the phone, and uh, it's just a, a nice uh, wind down, but exciting time at the same time. So, yeah, I need my racing fix year round. It's a, <laughs> a serious problem, but uh, there's worse problems to have. Them. Absolutely, yeah, race the problem. I mean, it's it's uh, it's an addiction for sure. Um, so, let, so let's talk about um, your your businesses. Um, you're in the pool business. Uh, what you know the name and and, and what's uh, what's involved in that and. Uh, um, how long you've been involved in that, and uh, obviously you're doing well with it. You know, to uh, to sponsor all these uh, all these race teams. Um, let's, t- let's talk about your uh, your your business. Yeah, we I uh, started the business uh, in 1988 um, as a concrete pool and spa builder, and um, obviously it's uh, it's grown over the years to a point where um, I got 15 guys in the. In the summertime, we keep most of them on through the winter or whatever. I've had a team, as I said, I've said before, I got some employees I've had for a very long time. But uh, we're in the high-end um, market of the pool business, the high-end uh, market, which is probably only one percent of the, the overall pool market. But um, we cater to um, the people that want something super special, um, larger homes. We also do uh, a lot of hotel pools and. Uh, I've built a ton of water parks, uh, you know, across right through the East Coast and down in the States over the years as well. But 
lately we've been concentrating, excuse me, solely on the high-end residential pools, and um, we're booked already all next this season coming up and all of next year after. So wow, we must be doing something right and um, some exciting jobs and it's, uh, some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been good. Okay. So what's uh, you better tell everybody the name of your uh, your business there? <laughs> London Recreational Contracting. Yeah. Um, that's where obviously London Recreational Racing started. Um, it's such a long name for putting on snowmobiles and cars that uh, I don't know. Maybe it was about eight, eight or nine years ago. I just flipped it over to LRR just to, um, to free up some more space on the sled on sleds and cars. And um, I think we've done well of establishing the LRR logo as a as a, you know, a pretty solid uh, racing effort when we show up and mm-hmm. um, most of the guys that are part of the team and people want to be part of it and uh, pretty exciting that way that uh, you know we've grown it to a point where um, you know people want to be a part of it we have a lot of fans a lot of followers and um, just like the, the, the business the racing has been just as successful and um, they just work hand in hand yeah I never I've never sold a pool directly from racing. <laughs> um, but I am a firm believer of having the name out there and in people's heads. And there might, you know, I'm sure there's been places where people have been in somebody's backyard and they're thinking about a pool and they, uh, hey, give these guys a, a call. And sometimes you just don't hear where they mentioned or how you get that lead. But uh, just having the name out there and being out there is obviously a plus. Yeah, yeah. So your other sponsors, maybe a better rundown all all the sponsors for your for your snowmobile team and uh, and uh, you know all the all the uh, you know the, the accompanying sponsors that uh, that they're involved in your race team. Yeah. Well, some of our main ones, um, obviously, it's been around uh, with us for a long time. Obviously, run the recreational uh, Skidoo. Um, Stud boy Ron Patton has uh, supported me since. Uh, I think this is year 23 or something, which is absolutely amazing. Um, just can't thank him enough. Uh, going back over to racing, like I say, I've always had a team, either drag racing or snowcross, and I've had, you know, anywhere from 8 to 12 sleds, and the man's always been there for me, so thumbs up to him. Uh, teams in some motorsports, obviously. Um, Canadian Custom Excavation, Colicat, No Writing Services, uh, Castrol Edge has been with me for a long time. Uh, power cases, super fuels, uh, OG goggles, R&M snowmobile parts, the shock dock. Um, he's been working with me and doing my shots right from the day one. Uh, Canadian Bolt, uh, Pro Wraps, who does all our sled wraps and car wraps, uh, Bennett GM, R&R Contracting. Um, yeah, and I know there's more. Hopefully, whoever I forgot, I'm sorry. But, yeah. um they have a lot, and a lot of them carry over from uh, the snowmobiling to the car, yeah. car racing as well. Um, KR Communications, um, just uh, Transserve. We've got a we got a lot of guys that have been uh, that have stuck with me a long time, and obviously without them, uh, we couldn't do it. Yeah, I think of course, like all the team members, you know, all the families, um, they're putting their all in as well. Their their wallets are out as well. So it's a it's a combined uh, group effort. So without all of it, it could never happen. Yeah, I think I've seen that you're involved in uh, personal watercraft racing and motocross. 
too, are you not? <laughs> to, uh, yeah, <laughs> I have touched into that. I had a writer, Jay Edworthy. Um, he's retired now, but uh, we we did that for a bunch of years, uh, helping Jay. Uh, the motocross, uh, more my guys are just uh, loyal and throwing my sticker on their sleds, so I'm not really involved in the competition end of that. Um, but I like seeing the name on their, their bikes and their, their passion, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, I had go-karts. Uh, we did go-kart racing until a couple of my drivers got old enough to get into a bigger car, so we've been there as well. So, yeah, <laughs> we've uh, touched on a little bit of almost everything. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> so I don't, think, I don't think there's another team out there that uh, is involved in so much. Um, you look at the Warners and the Shearings and stuff like that. Yeah, they got, they got some UTV and ATV racing uh, going on, but uh, you seem to cover every, just about every motorsport. <laughs> <laughs> Again, getting back to the serious racing problem. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's, that's great, Mike. Well, uh, much appreciate uh, you talking with us uh, today. And, um, uh, I guess I'll be, be seeing you soon at the Canadian races and uh, wish all the boys uh, luck uh, going out to Canterbury. Uh, I'll be watching it online, of course, and uh, I, I, I cheer for the, uh, for the Canadian boys all the time. So um, wish, them, wish them luck, and, so, uh, and we'll see you soon. Thank, th- thanks for coming on. Uh, and uh, love your show, and keep at her. Great. Thank you very much. Much appreciated, Mike. Take care. Love you too.